0: Before we start, we want to make note that this program does not express the views and opinions of VidGul, its parent company, Genthany Enterprises Inc., and its employees, affiliates, licensors, and agents. So, if you have a problem, don't blame it on me! You are watching VidGul! Hey, this is Freddy here, uh, the Sunday edition of Big Fair. This is gonna be, it's gonna be a little, uh, short video because, you know, it's Sunday. Everyone is just kind of relaxing. Uh, a lot of people have already left. There's one or two panels still going on. But, uh... So we're gonna go around and see who's left. And we also, oh, we just got a little nice surprise this morning when we woke up. It was snowing in New Jersey. Earthquakes, snow, New Jersey. I want to get out of here. So let, Let's find some people to interview. So. We can get out of Jersey as fast as possible. So let's go. From Wicked Fair, this is the con goer out and about.
1: So, Mr. Voltaire, after a nice audience there, how how do you enjoy? Uh, how you feeling? Are
2: you stoned? What kind of question is that? You know, I don't know. After a nice audience there, how you feeling? I I had... I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. How you feeling? Hot, hot, hot. How you feeling? Hot, hot, hot. And some mother**** <laughs> grew up in here is making cheese. Because it smells like human cheese up in this bitch. I swear to God.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's messing up my speech. I had like several questions in my head and just smelling the cheese was like, Rob. I think it's a steam chump making cheese.
2: I'm not kidding. I think it's a chubby steampunk with the cheese. I feel pretty good. I um, had a really kind of not so much fun show in Long Island a couple of days ago where there wasn't a very good turnout and the people who were there despite the fact that they had bought tickets to come to the show didn't seem like they wanted to be there like they just looked really not enthused so to play here tonight and to have a huge audience and to have everybody singing along it, it was I kind of needed that so I feel good.
1: Where on Long Island did you play?
2: It was in Amityville you know through no fault of the uh, promoter or the other bands or anything it just I don't know, like it really makes you wonder if it's the economy, like people are just kind of down. And even when they do go out, maybe they're sort of weighed down by their problems or their economic woes. Or maybe people have to think a little bit, you know, more closely about should I have that other drink? Can I afford to have another beer, you know? So it's, it, was, it was
1: hard to get them
2: out of their skin.
1: But tonight was wonderful. So, so are you saying I have to be drunk off my mind to enjoy you? When you say enjoy me,
2: what do you mean exactly? (laughs) Oh God, it's that kind of interview. Yeah. Um, no, you don't need to be drunk to enjoy my show, of course. But I just I just felt, you know, that particular show people were so sedate. And I don't know that people get that if the audience isn't it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, the performer or the band has to, you know, connect with the audience and gets has to get the audience excited hopefully the audience will then get excited and they throw that energy back on the stage and then the show just gets bigger and badder when people are sort of staring blankly at you like
1: (laughs) I cannot then it's really hard to give back you know what I mean I can only imagine. I mean, it's very. I, I feel very uncomfortable when people do that too. I mean, sometimes when I get an interview, I have some some people that you know. You go up in your interview and think they are gonna be so excited. You ask them stuff. It's like, well, they give you one-word answers. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, what do you like about this place? Uh, anime. It's good. It's good. I I, like, I I buy stuff. I like fat steam chunks making human cheese. So I, I hear you're getting married, Is, or, you are, or you did get married. No, I'm getting married. You're getting I'm married. engaged to be married. So um, my friend Jen here has told me that you've written something in, in your book about marriage. Is it going to be similar to what you've uh, written? Yeah,
2: I wrote a book called uh, Painted Black, A Guide to Gothic Homemaking. And there's a, I sort of, in there, I give a guide to how to do a Gothic wedding. And so now, of course, everybody expects that I need to have like this Munsters meets Adams family wedding. And I don't think my fiance is as cool with the idea of like riding in a hearse and popping out of a coffin and shit like that. But I'm totally game. So we may end up having two weddings. We may end up having like a quiet ceremony. But that big bad gothic wedding's got to happen. I mean, come on! I lived my entire life waiting for that moment when I could pop out naked out of a you
1: know out of a coffin. With a dead bat in my mouth. I've, I've dreamed That's love. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I'm gonna have to do the same with my girlfriend. I mean, I have all this other plan, crazy for my wedding, and then she's the kind of just wants the quiet stuff too. So, so I feel you. Speaking on that, I was wondering if you would just say a little something for my girlfriend because tonight when I got here, I've been with her all day, and she's been down because her bunny died as no, the second I, I, I got here. I, I would here. be happy to. What's her name? Her name's Katie.
2: Katie, I'm so sorry that I gave your boyfriend herpes. Sorry. It's probably going to give him to you. It's true. I will. Don't let him do anal. Was there something else you wanted? No, oh, that wasn't that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That wasn't it.
1: She's going to kill me.
2: Sorry about your bunny. Sorry about your bunny. What happened to the bunny? She just old, she was just oh, old. You know. The circle of life. That bunny had to die sometime. He's in a better place, It really is. A place she. with she. He's in a non-gender, he's in a gender-neutral better place, where there are no Republicans and, and no predators. That's really the most important thing. There's abundant food and it's gender neutral, and there's no racism against bunnies and there's, did I say abundant food, abundant food, and it doesn't matter if you poop in the wrong place, you could poop anywhere, It's, it's okay, if you need to drop the pellets, on the rug, it's okay, that's where the bunny is now, and that's what's important really at the end of the day, happiness and love and peace, I forgot peace, and love for everyone. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, that, that's really annoying with a with a megaphone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's trying to get heard.
2: I love that he looks he looks like Doogie Hauser.
1: <laughs> but he's he, got well,
2: some kind of clown face painting. He does. You gotta, you gotta, get a, gotta get a look at that guy. He looks like Doogie Hauser but he looks like he got beer elfed. I think I'm gonna go with that guy next and say he's, he's doing Darth Vader's voice on a megaphone. Since it's like Doogie Hauser does not sound funny. like Darth Vader. It just doesn't work that way.
1: I don't know. Maybe underneath the mask, it really is just Neil Patrick Harris.
2: David Prowse doesn't even sound like Darth Vader. That's why they had to get a black man. You know, I'm so tired of this racism. Can't we all just something? I don't know. Anyway, um, your friend's leaving. Just. She's tired of us. Yeah. She, she She's is, so cute. Yeah. She's so adorable. She's like the cutest thing ever. She's like
1: 12, but like 20 she at is the same not time. not 12. She's not 12. She looks like she's, she's twelve. She's cute
2: as a button.
1: She's twenty, but she looks like she's twelve. But
2: a few more things, though really quick. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. If I was a single man,
1: no orifice would be spared. <laughs> so uh, I I just realized that you know, whenever you sing, uh, when you're evil, that whenever you get to the end. Do you, realize, do you think that when people go aw, oh, that's their first time seeing your show? I, I think it's possible. Because I, I, I was thinking of that inside. I'm like, you know, that every person that just said aw oh, has never been to one of his shows and don't realize no, what he's about to say. They don't. They don't know that there's a punchline. That's probably true. But you need virgins.
2: You have to have virgins. If you don't have fresh blood at every show, or at least at every other show, you're preaching to the converted. I'm gonna tell you a very very harsh reality about being a musician. I am 42 years old so the people who were in my age group when I first started out those people don't go to nightclubs anymore they may not even go to concerts anymore so if the only people who came to my shows were people my age who got into my music you know and they were my same age when I started making it those people don't come out a lot so if there aren't new people coming out and discovering it it's a done deal so I love <laughs> that there are people coming out that maybe don't know all the songs or, or maybe kind of new to it. Otherwise, this would just die. And then I'd have to get a real job. No.
1: You, you don't want to. No. I hate my real job so much. Your real job isn't uh, being an interviewer for VidGlo. I, I really wish it was. VidGlo. My, my, my rear job sucks horribly. We're I wanna I w I Are you a proctologist? You know that wouldn't be a bad job. Hey, how you doing? Are you a
2: are you a urethra repair man? Man, 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 yes. yes.
1: Are you a taster of oh never mind. This is not going anywhere good. So what are your upcoming plans for the future? Any new CDs or songs or anything?
2: Uh I am presently discussing possibly making a children's CD, with a record label, yeah, because uh, a lot of my fans uh, have children and they're looking to be able to play one of my records for their kids, where they don't have to skip the song about zombie prostitutes and they don't have to skip the song about, you know, God thanks you're uh, a
1: loser, I don't know, some awful
2: thing that I've said in the song at some point and so uh... so i've been thinking that i'd really like to do a cd of songs for children so i'm working on that I have a key that i've designed uh, a key of my own that i've designed That's being made is, is that the key to your chastity belt it's the key to my uh... to my anal virginity yes if you can snatch this off my neck we got something i, I think I, I
1: think i can try
2: <laughs> um, and uh... so i'm making a key and i'm Working on some new daddy toys, and I'm hoping to have a new daddy book before the end of the year. And I'm making short films. I just made a new short film that's narrated by Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. That's doing the festival circuit right now. I've got a couple more films in the works. I just wrote a feature film script that I hope to direct and, and act in. We'll see about that. That's a hard project to get off the ground. So, yeah, I have lots and lots and lots and lots of things, as usual, going on. And hopefully they'll get done.
1: Alright, one last thing before you go. Uh, I forget the name of the song, but it, it's in one of your re- more recent CDs. Uh, about, It's like a love song between you and someone else. Will you be playing that one at your wedding by any chance? I don't think so. That song is called
2: This Sea. It's on To the Bottom of the Sea, my new record. I sing a duet with a beautiful singer by the name of uh, Julia Marcel out of Poland. She's fantastic, but she lives in Berlin, so I don't know, probably not.
1: Alright. Well, thank you once again. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure. I'm sorry we took you away. I'm sure you you have a big night of, uh, of ahead uh, of you. Enjoying the spoils yeah. of war. Exactly. So, thank you. Thank you, you VidGlu. And we'll see you <laughs> at the next con you're at.
3: See you next time. See ya. Cheers. Mr. Mac right now. Mr. Jeff, how are you? Tired. After how many hours? Um, 72.
4: Have- I... I'm not really good with math when I'm tired, but I would say we're looking at approximately $1.17 billion.
3: Of non-stop working hours. How, how do you think of this year's uh, Wicked Fair?
4: This was the best fair we've ever done. I'm really happy about it. Although my facial muscles are actually extremely tired, so I'm having trouble making the smiling thing. So imagine that I've got a really big grin on my face, and I'm jumping up and down with joy, only not at the moment physically, but in, in spirit.
3: Okay, and um, we were here for Totally Normal event. How do you think about this new location?
4: You know, I'm just about to have a meeting with them, and I will know how I feel about them as as soon as that meeting is concluded. Um, I think the quote would be, uh, my feeling on what their part in this was, mistakes were made, and I'm going to see if they want to make corrections. There are many advantages to this facility. There appear to be some disadvantages I was not aware of. We will... Take a look and see how easily that is or isn't resolved.
3: Okay, because most of our people that we talked to, they did like the new location. Um, What's in stock for next year's Wicked Fair?
4: Ah, that's going to be the Wicked Winter Macaroni and Cheese Festival. All macaroni and cheese all the time. I expect it to be very exciting.
3: Okay, so at Vidgal, we're giving out Vidgal M&M. So next year, we're going to have to give out Vidgal Macaroni and Cheese
4: it's going to be the Wicked Winter Mad Tea Party Renaissance Fair. A bit of a Wonderland, fairy, magic, ninja, pirate, Lovecraft, everything else themed fair. Is chocolate part of it? Hmm? Chocolate still part of it or no? I'd like there to be chocolate wherever I go. Although, I don't actually eat chocolate.
3: Alright, so we'll keep the vidgel m ms in stock. Um... Any other plans that you're doing for Wicked outside of the annual winter renaissance raids?
4: Well, right now I'm going to concentrate on doing just one event. And given the economy and the fact that my day job unfortunately was forced to lay me off, I'm going to be putting together a musical project, putting it up on YouTube, and looking for donations and seeing if I can get some supplement to my income that way. Um, and if I can, that'll give me more time to work on Wicked and make it bigger and better next year. Okay, is it,
3: do you know at all if this is gonna, it's going to be at the same place next year, or is it going to have to be decided after that meeting?
4: going to have to be decided after that meeting, but I will put it this way. We sold out this hotel, and this hotel has a whole lot of rooms, and I think an awful lot of hotels would really like to work with people who can sell out a hotel like this. We're going to see how it looks. I'm going to see what happens, but there's a hope that we'll be able to pick and choose, and we'll be able to go somewhere that is not just spacious, and a place that has good service, as this one has towards our patrons at least, but a place which is also much more convention friendly. Okay.
3: And last question, Um, how
4: did you start Wicked Fair? Ah, you know, Wicked Fair came about through a desire to create something that lots of people with unusual interests would enjoy all at once. I didn't want to create something that was just one genre or one type, I wanted to create something that would appeal to pretty much everyone whose interests were unusual and bring them all together and possibly show a bunch of people a lot of new things they didn't know about but we're going to find really cool. And it was a dream, it was a hope, and it might have been insane. I wasn't sure people would like it, but people really like it, I really like it, and I'm really glad this is what I do with my life.
3: My crew and I, we like Rick fair. We're going to keep on going in the future. I know you have to run, but that's okay. Maybe one of these days we'll have a sit-down, long chat with you.
4: It's my fault that we haven't. I was going, Anthony made an appointment, I missed it, I'm a nitwit, I'm sorry.
3: No, you don't have to blame it on him, guys. Thank you, Jeff, so much.
4: Thank you, my friend. Yeah,
3: we had so much fun, we came here for next year. Me neither. Thank you.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm here with Terrence. I'm going to last name wrong. Is it, got it I got it. Awesome. And he's one of the co-creators of Repo and Grave Robber in it. I got to say, I love the movie. I bought it the first day it came out because my friend at work, she kept telling me, oh my God, I saw Reaper. Greatest thing. Amazing. She kept telling me about it. I'm like, oh my God. Cause, like, I couldn't find any place that was showing it <laughs> around me. And she just kept saying, and then I was sitting at home, and I saw a commercial for it. It was saying coming out. I forgot what the date was. And I was like, oh my God. I'm getting this. And like, I went right up and got it. And I just, I loved it. I watched it at least 15 times already. Wow. Thank you. And... I guess I'll start with the question you get asked all the time. What was the idea behind Repo? How did it come to be? It's
5: a really big question. Um, Well, you know, at its core, I think I wanted to make a movie, or more importantly, I wanted to tell a story that I would be interested in reading or watching or listening to. Um, And Repo, I think, has a lot of my favorite things in it. It has rock music. It has dark subject matter. It has hot women. It has, you know, it has, it has all these things that I like in artwork that inspires me. And so I think I was just trying to make something that ultimately uh, is a reflection of the things that I like to see or want to see. Beyond that, uh, more specifically, the the story, uh, it kind of spun out of this um, 10-minute opera that Darren Smith, Repo's co-creator, and I uh, wrote almost a decade ago. And it was uh, about a character that I wanted to play. And it was this idea of a grave robber. Who was an observer of the underbelly of society, and I was thinking something kind of Victorian, like you know, like a Victorian melodrama. And Darren Smith said, "Well, I've seen that done before. Let's let's take that and let's put it in the future to make it different." And so we're like, "Well, what would this grave, futuristic grave robber be stealing, if not uh,
0: be stealing phones,
5: he'd be stealing cell phones? Uh, no, it, it, if not rings or gold fillings, what would he be stealing in the future?" So we're like, "Well, maybe he's stealing DNA, or he's stealing genetic coding." Um, And it just kind of grew from there and eventually became more about this organ repo man and his daughter with the grave robber being more of a side character but he always remained this kind of narrator role.
0: And you mentioned the whole like art style. I liked it because the backstories and everything is told like comic book style and was that something you always wanted to do or did that come up like
5: like a spark in your head like hey what if we do it like this? Um, Well the role of the comics grew. Um, My background is actually in illustration. uh, I've been a professional illustrator longer than I've been a movie maker. (laughs) Um, And I've worked as a storyboard artist for years on various projects. Um, Repo, I think, going to why comics and how they got introduced into the story of Repo, because Repo is an opera, I think a lot of people have a a misunderstanding when when they see something like Repo before they've seen it, they assume it's a musical and musicals are a very specific type of thing and I'm not necessarily even a huge fan of musicals but I like opera and there's a lot of uh, distinct differences typically uh, one is in musicals there's a lot of spoken dialogue accented by musical numbers in opera you're singing from beginning to end and I think most importantly the reason I like opera is it deals with big over-the-top themes you know people in outlandish costumes and tales of death and woe and vengeance and love-loss and, uh, and Repo is very much an opera in that way it has all those themes and to me opera is very similar to comic books because comic books are those same things huge themes right vengeance cool costumes and so the two just always felt very natural to me Uh, and so I get a lot of people saying like wow combining comics and and opera that seems so odd but to me it actually seems like a very natural fit Uh, for the movie we had always conceived that the very beginning would be a comic book prologue and the very ending would be like a comic book epilogue and then as we started making the movie and making cuts and Figuring out how we were going to make what was basically a two and a half hour opera into a 95 minute movie, uh, the comic books became a real, I think, interesting way of um, dealing with backstory, making the story move, and also giving people a little bit of a break from the constant singing. You know, you have a whatever a 30 second comic book interlude where it's just it's music, yes, but you're reading. It's almost like a program. You know, if you sat down at an opera, you'd have super titles or so you'd have a playbill that you'd read. So I look at it as like. In the world of Repo, in the wacky world of Repo, comics are the playbill.
0: And you also have a lot of uh, musicians that came on to help do music. I know the drummer from Otep, I believe, was in it. Uh, The celloist from Rasputina, Mm -hmm. Poe. Was there anybody else?
5: Oh, yeah. uh, David J and Daniel Ash from Bauhaus. Uh, Blasco from Rob Zombie. Uh, uh, Richard Patrick from Filter um Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction. I mean the list goes on and on. It's Clown from Slipknot. We had uh, we had a badass lineup of musicians uh, on the Repo soundtrack which in many ways have as much personality uh, in their playing and in their presence as the actors. And so the auditioning process of the musicians was very much the same way the acting process was. Repo has something like we recorded I want to say almost 3 hours of music. It's a ton of music and all different styles. Uh, even though I think there's one cohesive thread, which is kind of this industrial opera, but there's all different, you know, you have punk rock with a 17 song, you have more kind of standard rock with songs like Legal Assassin, you have industrial with songs like 21st Century Cure, so we would, we would basically bring in musicians to play on specific thongs, songs that we thought they'd be good for, so uh, for example, like something like Zydrate Anatomy, getting Blasco from Zombie to play the bass Was an obvious choice, right? I mean, it's like, and he did it, and he fit right in. And and likewise, getting someone like uh, uh, Malora Krieger from Rasputina to do these sort of gothic cello lines. um, We brought people in that made sense for whatever the song was, and we got to work with a lot of people, so it was very cool.
0: And Friday night was the first ever shadowcast.
5: First ever U.S. shadowcast. You know, there was a um, there was a shadowcast done in Toronto uh, earlier this year, which I actually attended. So this is the first U.S. one. This is also the first one where the entire movie was shadow-casted. In Toronto, they did scenes. Um, I'd say they did about a third of the film. So this was the first one I've seen where first U.S. and first fully shadow-casted repo, and it was really cool. Uh, and I think people really had a good time, and that's really the most important thing.
0: So you think these, the repo is going to be kind of like, I people say, kind of like a new Rocky Horror-type film?
5: Uh, I think so. Uh, I hope so. I mean, if we could have the kind of success and longevity that Rocky has, I'd be a real happy camper. Uh, But that said, I think that uh, Repo and Rocky are two very different movies. I think where they're similar in many ways has nothing to do with the movie itself. They're similar in the sense that they, both films seem to have attracted an audience that has claimed it as their own. Um, And as such, and I think part of the reason we've had this and definitely why Rocky had this, is at the time, most people didn't get it. The studios didn't get it, right? They kind of came out and they failed. But the audience themselves, the fans, have found it almost secretly and claimed it as their own and are very protective of it. And its exclusivity, in many ways, has helped to um, nurture this sort of um, cult status that we're sort of sharing in, in such a fast way, thanks to YouTube, I think. <laughs> it's really cool. So, yeah, I think Repo's going to continue on. Uh, Probably in the vein of Rocky, but I also think it's going to probably carve out its own niche because it's uh, it's similar, but at the same time very different.
0: Would you like to see like it at more like different like, fairs and conventions like
5: this? Yeah, I, I think it's inevitable. I, I you know I, my a bit I've become I've made myself very accessible with this movie because we've been out literally promoting it ourselves. We've been taking the movie on the road. Uh, when I say we, I mean the, the creators of Repo, uh, the director Darren Bousman. Co-writer Darren Smith and myself, we've been going out and really pushing it grassroots, and so we've been very, very accessible. So now, when everyone wants to screen it, they're like calling us. And but the, it's a weird, tricky thing because we don't necessarily own the movie anymore. You know, Lionsgate does. That said, I get, I'd say easily, ten or more emails a week from people, all over the country, saying, "I want to bring Repo to my theater. What do I got to do?" Or, "I, I, I want to do my my school. My university wants to do a stage version of Repo." What do I need to do to make that happen? And, and those are just the ones that are coming to me. So literally, it's popping up everywhere. Now that you can watch things off a of DVD, theaters project DVD, I don't see why Repo couldn't be a mainstay movie. In tons of cities all across the world, with only like Friday night showings, for example. Friday night showing, everyone knows, Repo's showing at midnight, get dressed up, grab your weird friends, and go. And, uh, and to me, that's really cool because it's like the artwork is still alive, it's still breathing. I finished painting the picture. Right? I even framed it and hung it, but others are coming now and painting on top of it. And I think that that's, um, that's the coolest thing an artist can achieve, any coolest status. And uh, I certainly hope I can reach that bar again with future work. Now, I was online,
0: I, I read something, there's another movie, kind of like Repo, coming out. Uh, do you know
5: when I to elaborate anything on it? Uh, well, Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Hollywood is rife with this type of stuff. You, you'll, you'll see, uh, there'll be an animated movie about bugs coming out, I don't know, in the fall. And then come spring, there's another animated movie about bugs coming out. Uh, or there's two movies about tornadoes destroying the, warth- the world. Um, with Repo it's similar in that way that you know you could probably go well two people making animated bugs maybe it's a coincidence right but two movies about a dystopian future where organ repossession is legal it it seems a bit it seems a bit much to be a coincidence who knows uh it's hard to to face it cuz it's not like anyone's come to us and said hey you know what yeah uh, your idea, we stole it. <laughs> or thank you for giving us this idea. Because that movie is right, called Repossession Mambo, of all things. And it's not even a, it's not even music, but it's called Mambo. So you kind of just, the similarities are almost uncanny and, and disrespectful, I think. And I felt initially as an artist, you know, that Repo, the genetic opera, has been something that I've been nurturing for almost a decade. So that's my baby. You know, that's my baby. That's like, that's not just, oh, you know, I cut my hair and you swept it away. No, that's my baby. I've been working on it. And so to hear that... Something that seems like a blatant ripoff is coming out uh, after us was really kind of devastating. And I was like, well, what do we do? And initially, I was like, well, don't, when this happens, don't people sue and make tons of money? No. <laughs> uh, you don't. You kind of just bite your lip and go, well, you, you can't really go after a huge studio like Universal. And by the way, their movie's going to be like $60 million or something. Ours is, you know, a little budget. That said, um, I kind of made peace with it. And, and, I, and I think the reason I made peace with it is exactly what's been happening. It's because of what's been happening at cons like this. Repo is becoming, has its own life. It's going, to, even if Repossession Mambo comes out and has billboards everywhere and makes a lot of money opening weekend, it will disappear. You're not going to have people running around the aisles dressed up as Jude Law, who's two stars in the movie, or Forrest Whitaker. Uh, you know, here at this con, which isn't about Repo, there's Shilohs walking all around all over the place. I uh, Grave robbery. You know, I met a grave robber last night. And, uh, and I think that even if, even if Reposition Mambo is a great movie, and even if it's a total coincidence that they have our idea, which we had first, but maybe it's a coincidence that they got the same idea. Who knows, you know? Uh, you can't prove it. That's the problem. Um, even if all that, even if it's a great movie, even if it's a total coincidence, even if they're a success, I still don't think they're going to have this. And so as such, I feel like, um, who cares? You know what I mean? I think the work speaks for itself. And clearly the work is speaking to the fans, and that's really all you can hope for. You can't control the wind. You just got to try to make what you think is good, commit to it, and then hope that other people latch on. And that's been happening. So we have success. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that mode. All
0: right. Well, any final words to all the fans, all the people out there who uh, watched Repo and support it?
5: Um, just uh, s- stay involved. Um, it's not dead. It's going to, like I was saying, it's going to continue. It's going to be playing in cities, I think, everywhere. And we're going to be announcing this very soon. So always uh, check back with our website, repo-opera.com. Um, there's a whole community on the boards, a wonderful community of supportive, like-minded artists. So if you're not on the boards, check it out. And there you can find out what's next. You can also find out if you want to bring it to your city, how to do that. So check that out. And then if, and to stay on top of what I'm doing, i uh, check out my website, uh, terrancedudich.com. I'm in the process of making a graphic novel. So I'll be, uh, releasing information about that very, very soon. So, uh, thanks for your support. It was really great talking to you. All right,
0: well, we're going to head up for the wrap-up report of uh, Wicked Fair Sunday. All right, Anthony, I'll meet you down there. Thanks, for a Great interview, by the way. Thank you, Rob, the cameraman.
3: <laughs> All right, this is the end of Wicked Fair. Sadly, I can't believe it went by so, so fast. I just finished talking to Jeff, and we just got in- off the camera with Terrence. Now, the wrap-up report. Basically, this is our final conclusion of what we think about the fair. Jeff, I'm not gonna hurt your feelings. Don't don't take this personal. It's nothing bad. Don't worry. Don't worry. Wicked Fair is one of my favorite events. Gotta admit that. It's second from Odacon. Well, since he, Jeff considers this not as a con, um, I feel like if I do count this as a con, uh, Odacon is my uh, favorite. Then Wicked Fair. Nothing. Not, not like. I went to Koticon last week. This this whole past few weeks has been a little madness, as Lewis said last night. We were at New York Comic Con, con and now Wake It Fan three weekends straight. That's why the little videos are coming up delayed and hopefully you won't mind that. But out of the past three weekends, this was the best weekend I've ever had yet, and I believe Lewis said the same thing. Now this is a sixteen up event, which makes this even better. You don't have little kids walking around or anything. Everything is basically adult oriented. We didn't show most of the adult oriented since this show is for all ages. Now, Wicked Fair is at a great location. We had a nice hotel. And I love the space as well as the ballrooms, the third, the use of the third floor. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna get that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, this 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 fair is amazing. It's had a great location. Last year we had problems with the hotel. The hotel was a bit smaller, but this year it was it's bigger. We actually have room to walk around with. Look at this, I'm walking. But um, I love Wicked Fair this year. I think it's better than ever before. I can't wait for Wicked Fair Five, and I just I just can't wait for it. Ah, here's here's Fred. What's going on?
0: away from me we only yes. have one mic because the other microphones yeah. are gone <laughs> actually no they just don't work sorry i was just upstairs kind of got a little loopy i got a shot of Zydrate. long story short what was that with that cucumber i'm not sure if we got it in the shot don't want to know it's a Zydrate cucumber long story but okay wicked fair you know i had fun few, the one two things happen but you know those are under control now right Basically, yeah. So, I don't know what Anthony was talking about, but I love this hotel. It was really nice. Uh, Very spacious. The whole group of people who work here were great. Security was great. The police officers who were here, they were great. All the attendees, they were great. So, I can't wait for next year with the macaroni and cheese. I don't know.
3: Macaroni and cheese. Now, now we used to give out video M&M's, uh, cameraman has. I'll get it right during after this shot. Um, I don't know how we're going to give out the macaroni and cheese next year.
0: Uh, we're going to have to contact Kraft about that one, but um, yeah, I don't really see the macaroni and cheese happening. I really hope, I hope there's bacon in that macaroni and cheese.
3: So I hope so, too. Maybe maybe we'll give out bacon instead of macaroni and cheese, but I think no one will get that. But actually, we actually were able to film all of the panels. You probably saw that through all of our videos that we had. That made Jeff very happy because I believe this was the first year he had a panel like that going on. We caught some good ones. We caught our friend Mia. Oh, my God, Mia. She's had like a very really calm we went to. Um, so we were able to catch her panel, some other panel. Terrence, we were able to catch his panel. We uh, caught a lot of good panels, and uh, that's we did that full coverage thanks to our friend uh, Robert for filming and Bobby for audio. So you know we had we had a we had a great time. Lewis was only here for one day. We apologize by that because we all know that you love Lewis more than us, sir. Oh, these were the Vidgle M Ms that we gave out to our people again. Um, now. Because this was a large marketing profit thing, we decided to do some budget cuts. So, this will be our last coverage ever. No, I'm just joking. Don't worry. Well, we actually are done for a while. Luckily, the three weeks.
0: We can 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 take a rest.
3: We haven't taken a rest for three weeks. Actually, just besides the editing mess that Fred and I are going to do. We're
0: going to be up all night editing. And, oh, you want to take the mic? Yeah, just before you say anything, um... Before it snows again, before we get an earthquake, before we get stunk up, I want to get the hell out of here. So you
3: want to just get out of here out of Jersey in general?
0: Anywhere. I'd rather go back to Philly than Jersey. I'm sorry. So I, I need to get out of here before an earthquake hits, because I don't want the repo man to come, just in case. So I have to get going before you know he shows up, all right? I'll talk some more. Because right.
3: uh, we've got so much time on our hands. How many minutes do we have? Wow, we have 200 minutes. Wow. So overall, Wicked Fair is my favorite event so far of this year. But it's most likely going to be my definite since I loved it last year. And I love it better than before. Uh, we had a lot of coverage here from the costume contest to the panels and to the constants. We weren't able to capture the constants that well. But we were able to get some snaps of it. But we, we had a great time. We can't wait for next year. Jeff is right next to me. I don't, and I'm saying this, but <laughs> I had a great time. We hope to come back next year. Uh, and again, the theme is macaroni and cheese. That's going to be a little exciting. And I've seen something weird, but I'm going to ignore that. Again, this is wicked, fam. Well, uh, that's going to do it for me. We'll see you at Icon in April. That's right, Icon in April. Then we're going to go to Anime Boston in Boston, and then we're off to Otakon. Thank you for joining with us. This has been The Fair. I'm Anthony Zaragoza reporting.
0: Want to get our videos without visiting our website? Then subscribe to the VidGul podcast on iTunes. Simply click on the iTunes button below or launch the iTunes store on iTunes and search for Vidgul. That's V-I-D-G-L-E.